You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This, 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 this is views from Midstream. Now. Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another rousing edition of the Views from Mint Street podcast, your home for all the Carolina Panthers talk you can possibly handle and then just a little bit more. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show in Greenville, South Carolina, right here in the heart of of panther country and alongside me as always each and every single episode three a week all season long he is the great one my co-host my partner in crime lonzo reitzel is here as well and we have got a lot for you on a friday afternoon pod as we get set for this weekend's matchup one of back to back games at the bank Back-to-back games at the bank to end our regular season home matchups. But, ladies and gentlemen, potentially one more game at the bank. Should the Carolina Panthers make the playoffs as division winners? We'll address that coming up here in just a little while. We'll be getting into the X's and the O's of the Steelers visiting the Panthers this Sunday afternoon coming up in moments as well. But a couple of things that I wanted to really dive into before we get to our tactics and strategies, ladies and gentlemen, and let's start Lonzo with a topic that you and I discussed on the Rob Brown show available on the fan upstate.com on 97.7 FM in Greenville and around the world for free on the Odyssey app. It airs from 9 to noon every weekday. A topic that, in my opinion, for pretty much zero good reason, has picked up a lot of steam, a lot of momentum. And that discussion is, would there be a potential trade on the table for the Panthers' next head coach? Mike Florio was on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh earlier this week and was discussing the fact that there have been teams in the past that have made a trade for a head coach, obviously discuss the fact that Sean Payton will likely be coaching somewhere next year, and it will require a team to make a trade for him from the New Orleans Saints. But he threw a little line into that interview that obviously piqued our interest in the line that he threw out there was that he could see Mike Tomlin being traded to Carolina. He said that's a move that he could see David Tepper making to bring the longtime Steelers head coach from Pittsburgh down to Carolina. 
My question is twofold, Zoe, and I'll, I'll let you go get the first crack at this. Number one, why would this be a move that Florio thinks David Tepper and the Panthers would make? And B, if you have a justifiable reason for why this trade would get made, what would be your thoughts on it? All right. So first of all, Pittsburgh, they don't really fire coaches. They've had like, I don't know, four, something like that. And if they're unhappy and there's been some, you know, some talk that they're, they may be unhappy with Mike Tomlin rather than fire him. Why not trade him? And we know that the Panthers have a lot of draft capital. They probably would have interest in Mike Tomlin because David Tepper's ties. And that's the other thing. I mean, he came here from Pittsburgh where he was a minority owner in the team. So it isn't like he doesn't know everything about the Steelers, including uh, the coach. And if you're looking for a coach and he's available, I don't see why you wouldn't at least consider it. And in my opinion, say yes. Uh, The other thing is, this is not that unusual. It's not. It's happened a couple times before, and because it's happened before, it's not. It's not unheard of. If it's unheard of, you're like, yeah, whatever, man. This guy's just making this stuff up. It can never happen, but it has happened before. Um, I, it, I, people are talking about this. People are getting mad. Why would you even talk about this? How could this be? It's all over the internet today, and. There's got to be some truth to it. I, I really believe I think Florio has been a guy who's been pretty, pretty competent and pretty um, trustworthy as far as his sources go. Um, I, I think Panther Nation would be happy with this. I do, unless they're like Rob Brown and already believe that they have their coach right now. Uh, I'm not saying that that's an incorrect take about me. Uh, and I'm not saying that because it um, it is a correct take about me. Uh, I, th- I think you have your head coach, right? And, and there's a handful of reasons why. If we were sitting as a two-win, a three-win football team right now, uh, I, I very much think that I would be happy to hear that out, right? But, there is always going to be a debate and a debate that I don't think we can reach an answer for because I do think it's different for different teams. But there's a debate about when a team has great success and they have a quarterback head coach duo that is dynamic. Uh, Belichick and Brady, Breeze and Peyton, etc. There's always a question about how much credit does the HC get and how much credit does the QB get, right? Uh, Like Sean Payton and Drew Brees, when they were having their success in New Orleans, who would you say deserved the credit for that? In that case, I would argue from an outsider's perspective, probably 50-50. I mean, Drew Brees was a a remarkably, ridiculously, and frustratingly accurate quarterback, but Sean Payton has also been proven to have a mastermind for turning – average players into good players, good players into great players, and great players into pro bowlers, right? Then you look up at what's happened in New England since Tom Brady left. 
Tom Brady went down to Tampa and won a Super Bowl where Lonzo in a minute is going to argue that that team was already Super Bowl caliber. And it's like, right, but he elevated them to actually winning it. Whereas on the flip side, uh, the Patriots are are certainly not bad, but they are certainly not as good uh, as, as they were when Tom Brady was there even a few years back. So the question is, does Mike Tomlin get a bunch of the credit for the Steelers being as good as the Steelers have been for 15 years until Ben Roethlisberger left last year, and now they are what they are, or does Ben Roethlisberger get the majority of credit, or is it split 50-50? And we can we can get into that. Uh, that's probably a more appropriate con, uh, content and conversation for the regular radio show. For the purposes of the pod, I would keep that in the back of your noggin while you consider whether or Steve whether or not Steve Wilkes has earned his spot. And as I pointed out on the pod earlier this week, so we don't need to dwell on it, if Steve Wilkes was to knock off the Steelers on Sunday, Steve Wilkes would have as many wins in this season as Matt Rule had in any season during his tenure as the Panthers and he did it without taking over the head coaching position until week six. If he wins two games with behind Pittsburgh, Detroit, Tampa, and New Orleans lined up, in my opinion, is quite much very probable. Uh, he will surpass Matt Rule's season total. And in the process of doing all of that, he very, ha- very clearly has this team in lockstep. They have an attitude and a determination we have not seen in a while. Uh, They are executing a very well put together offense the last few weeks back to back. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, I don't know what you think. You are taking a gamble that Tomlin is going to be able to show up and reconstruct the team that he organized in Pittsburgh. And you're also gambling that Steve Wilkes would not be able to take the success that he's had so far this season and extend it into next season. You're not gambling once, but you're gambling twice. If you were to make that move, I think you got a team that is already lockstep, that is showing some swagger they didn't have under rule with Wilkes, a team that has been very complimentary of Steve Wilkes as a head coach. And you know, so you know the chemistry is good. And a guy who showed on the first week of it being his job that he's unafraid to step up and take the reins as a leader of this program. Uh, I will say two things about it, Zoe, and then I'll get your your closing thoughts on this conversation. I will say, number one, I don't see the move happening. I don't see the move being necessary to happen. I think you found your head coach in Steve Wilkes because, you know, if it was just bringing Tomlin to replace Matt Rule, it's a no-brainer. But you're gambling not just that Tomlin will be able to do well post Roethlisberger, but you're also gambling that he would be able to do better than Steve Wilkes. And I don't know that you can say that for certain. The second thing is, I don't know why we just spent nine minutes talking about this, because it very much feels like a conversation to me that I would label as talking about for the sake of having something to talk about. This is very much a shock talk, uh, a shock jock, 
drive time radio topic. It is, um, there's not a lot on the prep sheet today, and we need something to stir up the callers. What if we say that the Panthers are trading for Mike Tomlin? That'll get some reaction. Uh, I heard nothing about it before Florio said it. I have heard nothing about it since Florio said it from anybody else. Uh, I am going to remain steadfast in my belief that Steve Wilkes will be, will be the head coach of this team next year. All right. So many things, so many things. Let's spend another five minutes over here. Anyway, before I get back to that, I just want to point out that uh, Tom Brady would never have went to Tampa Bay. If Jameis would have got that LASIK surgery a little bit earlier, because you know, because he could do what Tom Brady is, did that year. I mean, with that team, he could have, if he could have just seen who he was throwing to. I mean, you know, it helps. It helps. Um, he could have game managed just like what Tom Brady did to get the, uh, to get the Super Bowl. And uh, he lost, he won that because Kansas City's tackles got hurt right before the game. Speaking of Kansas City, let's talk about Andy Reid. You talk about coach uh, quarterback combinations. Andy Reid has won everywhere he's been and with whatever quarterback he's been. And I'm not saying that Mike Tomlin is Andy Reid, but I think Mike Tomlin is a pretty good coach. So I don't think this is talk show fodder. I think there is there is some, some smoke here. And I do believe that if you have the choice between Mike Tomlin and Steve Wilkes, you got to look at the at, – at, at, uh, at the resume for for Mike Tomlin, it's got got like what three Super Bowls? How many how many of those does Steve Wilkes have? Um, I, Mike Tomlin has won every season until this season. Steve Wilkes can't say that, and he won't be able to say it this year either. I'm just saying. So if you if you have that if you have that choice, and it is a legitimate choice. Rob Brown, you still would take Steve Wilkes over Mike Tomlin because I would not, and I don't think most people would. Mike Tomlin was a head coach that had a quarterback who was a first ballot Hall of Famer for the entire time that he was successful in Pittsburgh. As Roethlisberger's ability and talents declined with age, so did the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with Roethlisberger gone, the Pittsburgh Steelers, much like the Carolina Panthers, are teetering on the verge of irrelevancy, right? This is not a great football team in Pittsburgh. If Tomlin rolled this team over and showed, as for instance, Kyle Shanahan is doing in San Francisco right now, that he is such a good coach that as long as you plug a decent talent in there at QB, he's going to be able to scheme you to some dubs, then I would be willing to take the shot. But here's what I know about Steve Wilkes. I know that Wilkes has recognized the identity of this team. I know that he has emphasized the identity of this team. I know that the team has very heavily rolled in around him. We have seen a ton of quotes and comments from multiple Panther players that have said, ride or die, Steve Wilkes is my guy, and I'm with him. Uh, and, again... Yeah, hey, hey, two more wins, and I'll be on that train. That's all I'm asking for. Two that, more. But that, like, that number seems so arbitrary to me. Like, five wins, he's there. Six wins, he's the guy. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Steve Wilkes has already surpassed my expectations for what this team was going to be post the Matt Rule era. He hasn't done any better than Matt Rule did. He has not. Yes, I, he I mean, has. How many wins does he have? He has four. Matt Rule had five. I, Matt I mean, Rule had five in a 17-game schedule. 
Steve Wilkes has four since week six. Here we go with it. Well, according to percentages, if you look at how these things shape, no, no, it's just wins and losses. Lonzo, if I let you punch me one time and I get to punch you 10 times, who should theoretically do more damage? Hey, yo, if I hit you one time, you ain't hitting me 10. Hey, yo. You get my point, ladies and gentlemen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Views from Mid Street podcast rolls on. Rob Brown, Lonzo Wright. So, with you, hey, do us a favor. If you haven't taken the 12 to 19 seconds it will take you, do us a favor. And right now, go to Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Play, Apple iTunes, Google Play, whatever, wherever you find major podcasts, or grab the Odyssey app, A U D A C Y, and make sure you are subscribed to the Views from Mid Street podcast and make sure that you are downloading every episode so you can help us grow the show. And in order to do that, we'd also ask it, if you don't mind, as a Christmas gift to us, do us a favor, download the pod and then share it around your social circle. We want as many Panther fans up in her as we can possibly get. All right. Only a couple of minutes on this one, Lonzo, but I saw ESPN has released their first 2023 National Football League mock draft. And we will get deeper, especially when we get to the end of the season. We will get deeper into mock drafts and, okay, what do we do if we're picking here and this team picks this guy and that team is here and they pick that guy. But the first mock draft that came out from ESPN suggested that the Carolina Panthers, with their first pick between the six and the nine spot, depending on where they ended up, would be willing to reach for Anthony Richardson, starting quarterback from the University of Florida. Now, Richardson, to me, is a very interesting cat and certainly a very interesting pick by Carolina in that opening round. And it is interesting because... Anthony Richard has, and I can say I feel like definitively has because we've seen it, has all the tools to be Lamar Jackson-esque. He's got a great set of legs when he runs the ball. He's got the ability to throw a frozen rope of a pass. He's got the ability to go finesse over the top. The problem is that Anthony Richard consistently at Florida kicked himself out of a good headspace, right? Like the second things went wrong, he just fell apart. We watched Anthony Richardson Lonzo absolutely torch the Gamecocks of South Carolina in their third to last game of the year. That, of course, is the same Gamecock team that would then go on to beat up on the number four, what, three, two, whatever team uh, in the nation in Tennessee and put 61 up on him. 
and beat the Clemson Tigers and destroy their playoff hopes as well. That same South Carolina team, Anthony Richardson, absolutely torched. But then there were other games where he just absolutely fell apart. I honestly, though, don't have a problem with Carolina rolling the dice on Anthony Richardson because, again, he seems like one of those cats that you put him in front of the right coach at the right time and maybe you can get through and kind of clear up some of that cloudiness and make a football player who definitely has all the physical tools but lacks the mental ones, I think. You put him in the right situation, Anthony Richard might be Lamar Jackson-esque. The problem is that's a big gamble. I don't have a problem with Carolina ending the draft with Anthony Richardson on the roster, though. I would if they draft him inside the top 10. He's absolutely a guy that I think you could drop back to 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. He would still be available, and you could add a handful of draft picks on top of that if you think he is a dude that you roll the dice on being QB of the future. All right, first of all, you already have a quarterback that you could roll the dice on, and it's Matt Corral, who is you know, rehabbing from injury right now. So you already you already have a project. Why would you go get a guy who you consider could be a project? Uh, if you want someone who's Lamar Jackson-like, just go after Lamar Jackson. I, I mean, who might probably be available. So if you want someone like someone, just go after the original. If you can't, if the Panthers can't get one of the top two to three quarterbacks, then they should wait till later to get a quarterback. Because especially, I, I mean, we're going to see how it plays out with Sam Darnold. But if Sam Darnold can win the rest of the games, uh, if you can't get one of the top guys, then you stick with Sam Darnold. By the way, Lonzo, a big fan of top guys, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, w- <laughs> I will say, uh, I will say that if you are making a run, and I think we are, you make that, was a rest- that was a wrestling crack, by the way. Yes, Boy, yes. For those of you that do not watch or listen to the Rob Brown Show, which also streams live, by the way, uh, on thefanupstate.com, or you can subscribe to the Rob Brown Show on Twitch or YouTube. Shameless self-promotion, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're also wrestling dudes, and that was a wrestling jab thrown right in there at the great one. And I feel like, frankly, we kind of nailed it. Uh, so. I am going to uh I, I am going to go with this. So so you're okay with it. I, I am I mean, okay you... with it if and only if you trade back for him. I think I'm okay with it if and only if you trade back for him. I am okay with him if you don't draft him top. He's not a top ten guy. Not only do I not think he's a top ten guy, I think you're perfectly safe to wait until pick 2021 if somebody is looking to move up now the unfortunate is, is, he, is, is he better than Matt Corral that's that's what I did you tell do you believe he's better than Matt Corral I don't know is the answer I'd be happy to have the competition how's that especially okay. if and, and and you bet you did. and obviously there's so long between here and the draft that we'll have plenty of time to kind of work on this a little bit more down the road uh, yeah, because you know what, you know what, the Panthers could win the Super Bowl. I know that's I what I was going to say is that there's there's a lot still to be settled to determine even where we're going to be drafting at. 
So it's kind of an early conversation as far as would it be, but let's let's uh let's let's just call it what it is here. If we do make a run at and into the playoffs, Anthony Richardson might very well be the only quarterback we have a chance at unless we're going to spend big money to trade from the middle to the back of the first round, if we make the playoffs, to trade from the middle or the back of the first round up to the front. It might just be that spot. If you have Corral and Richardson both on the roster, then maybe you do bring Sam Darnold back if he wins out to be the mentor. A lot of football before we get there, uh, but I do think that is a, a player that is worth keeping Uh, on the radar one more thing before we call this a segment and get to our x's and o's prognostications lonzo injury reports have been dropping so far this morning and the good news is that dj moore was a full participant in practice dj moore yesterday thursday and today friday has been uh a full go in practice Now, uh, excuse me, he was full yesterday. He was limited today. From what I understand, that was to just give him a little bit more rest to try to recuperate that ankle. He is officially listed as questionable for the game against Pittsburgh tomorrow. But the fact that he fully practiced on Wednesday, fully practiced on Thursday, and went back to limited practice today, one of two things happened. Either he aggravated the ankle injury at practice yesterday, or they said, hey, no need for you to go full tilt today. Rest that ankle up and let's get you to 100% for Pittsburgh. Uh, If DJ Moore plays, even when DJ Moore doesn't turn in excellent numbers, he is still a very important part of the game plan uh, because he's the biggest vertical threat, uh, he and LaVisca Chenault, that you've got and is one of the guys that can stretch a defense out laterally, which even if you're running the ball, you still want the second and third line of defense running backwards when Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, whoever hits the line, uh, really beneficial in if this is probably what's the second most difficult game we have remaining on the schedule, right? We got this and then Detroit and Detroit might be the most difficult having DJ Moore out there will make a massive difference. Oh, absolutely. You want you want one of your stars out there, and he for sure is one of the stars of the team. And you're right. He takes away a good portion of the defense, especially if if Sam Darnold is, is able to hit him early. So then you put that fear in that defense that he can do it even more. So even if he doesn't get any more passes, even the rest of the game, you hit him early, you're going to take a good portion of that defense um, away from the running game, and that's good. And he doesn't seem to be someone like some other people who complains if they don't get enough uh, targets. Hi, Tyreek. Hope you're having fun in Miami. We're we're looking at you. See how many you get uh, tomorrow night in in Buffalo. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, time to talk some X's and some O's here on the V's for Mint Street podcast, available where major podcasts are found. If you haven't already, do us a favor, click that share button and put us up on your Facebook, on your Instagram, on your Twitter, on your Mastodon, on your, uh, I don't know, on your local telephone pole with a stapler, like wherever you spread information 
about your favorite activities, do us a favor and hook it up with the Views for Men Street podcast so that we can continue to grow the show. Let's take a look at our Week 15 matchup as the bank will play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And before we get into said tactics and strategies, Lonzo, I will say this. We talked about it on the pod back on Wednesday. I will say it again today. This is the first time that I have said and will say Carolina Panther fans need to be called the hell out, okay? They need to be called out because Pittsburgh may very well be the best traveling team in the National Football League. If you allow them to, they will fill up your stadium. And I know that it can happen in Charlotte because it already has. Go back to the early portions of the season. The away game, or excuse me, the home games, uh, what, San Francisco, I think, was one of them, where there were pictures going around of the bank, where there were large swaths of the stadium that were very clearly being dominated by opposing fans. The Steelers are perhaps the best traveling team in the National Football League. If Panthers fans who are season ticket holders predominantly just put their tickets up for sale and don't make sure that they are selling to Carolina Panther fans, that stadium will have a lot of black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow in it. Uh, the, 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 you would like to think that the crowd doesn't impact the game, but as I mentioned in the Wednesday pod, it absolutely does. We're all human. We all thrive on emotion. We all vibe when it's good, and we all get dejected when it's bad. The more energy and emotion you can put behind a team that is playing to maintain control of its own destiny, ladies and gentlemen, you increase the potential for a positive outcome. So all I'm going to say is this. If I turn on that TV Sunday afternoon for that game and I'm getting set up and I see Steelers fans outpace Panthers fans when the Cats are in a playoff hunt, Monday's podcast will contain some uh, potentially graphic language. I'll just put it that way. All right, Panthers fans, we know what season it is. It's Christmas season. Don't be an Ebenezer Scrooge, okay? Give the Panthers the gift of you on Sunday and put your butt in the seat. And if for some reason you can't be there, and from what I understand, it could change because it's the weather, but it's going to be a pretty good day Sunday. So why not come out there and give the Panthers the gift of you? And if you can't do that, give that gift to somebody else, someone who's a Panther fan. Maybe someone. Maybe there's someone in your neighborhood who's never been to a professional football game before and you know that and you've got four four tickets that you can give to them and you keep it out of 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 pittsburgh hands you put it in panther hands and you fill the stadium up don't be a scrooge come to the game and root for the panthers all right let's take a look at this game upcoming and we start by looking as we usually do at the history between these two particular programs, Carolina and Pittsburgh have met seven games all time. We are one and six against the Steelers 
1996, the Panthers clinched a division title when they defeated the Steelers and locked up that record. Since then, the Steelers have won six in a row. They have, frankly, had our numbers, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a tale of the tape look. By, by the way, can I interrupt you for just one moment? I am just curious because per our discussion earlier, was Ben Roethlisberger the quarterback for all those games that that, that Pittsburgh defeated Carolina? More than likely, and as you pointed out earlier, Ben Roethlisberger is not there anymore. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. No, you are you are correct. He is uh he is not there. Uh the Panthers won 18-14 back in 96. The second time they played was in 99, a 20 to 30 loss. They played in 02, that was a 30 to 14 loss. Then they played in 06, 2010, 2014, and 2018, all of them L's. Uh, the last time we matched up was back in 2018 when they defeated the Panthers 20, uh, 21 to 52 was your final in that one. So it's not been particularly close. Hopefully Sunday changes that. Let's take a look at the tail of the tape. Total yards per game. Uh, Pittsburgh has been the better team. 317 yards per game, but that is only good for 26th in the league, the Panthers, 294.2. But keep in mind, this does go all the way back to week one of the season. So you've got the skewed stats of the first five weeks of the season added into the fact that this is a team that does not have a goal of churn up four, five, six hundred yards of offense. It's, in fact, quite uh, quite oriented to doing the opposite. Rushing yards per game. How about this number? First five weeks of the season, we were hovering around 22-23. As of right now, the Panthers have moved well into the top half of the league. They are now the 13th best rushing team in the NFL at 125 yards per game. 113 for Pittsburgh, good for 19. Through the air, we are 30th in the league, 169 through the air per game, but only 204 through the air for Pittsburgh, the 24th best team. Uh, Let's just say, Lonzo, if I had to make a bet on this game, I'm going to go ahead and make the bet that whatever the runtime is for this game, it hits the under because this game may see the football rushed 100 times between both teams. And absolutely it should because both teams are running teams. And if if you watch that game last week, which obviously you did if you listen to this podcast, that Panther game was over pretty quick because of all those rushing yards. And if you bring in another team that's doing the same thing, yeah, might be record time. Sacks allowed so far this year. Carolina has given up 28 sacks on the season. That is tied for 10th in the league. But again, keep in mind, the first three weeks of the season were brutal for a brand new offensive line working together. Since then, Carolina's offensive line has been one of the best, if not the best, in the National Football League. Pittsburgh has given up 34, the 20th most sacks in the league. So you would like to see the defensive line of Carolina get back there, get on the hustle, and end up getting to whatever quarterback the Steelers are going to be started. Starting, pardon me, uh, whether it is uh, Pickett or Trubisky, I believe, if I recall correctly, uh, that Kenny Pickett has been dealing with a uh, with a concussion, 
and is now listed for doubtful on Sunday. So we will be getting Mitchell Trubisky, which is a dude that is surprisingly elusive for a quarterback we don't talk about a lot. But this is a game, though, where you need both of your defensive ends to do a really good job at outside contain. Get to the outside of the block. Do not let the quarterback cross your face. And it you can it can create some some havoc on the inside with the rest of that defensive line. Uh, third down efficiency, Carolina clipping first downs on third down at just under twenty nine percent of the time, thirtieth in the league. Basically, what that says to me, especially in this game against again a Steelers defense that is going to try to meet you head on at the line of scrimmage, is be consistent on first and second down with moving the football. Don't panic. If you have a couple of runs that only go for a yard or two, don't get away from it. Push the football on first and second down and don't force yourself into third and long situations because we just have not been good at that. Steelers dead center of the league, 16th at 40% of third downs completed. Here's the number that you want to keep an eye on. As of now, the Carolina Panthers are averaging 20 points a game. The Steelers, 17 and a half. And there's that magic 17 number. Lonzo, we have had a lot of games where 17 has been the scoreline that opponents have been trying to get. Steelers average just a tick to the north of that 17. Uh, you would love to keep them below that. And you would love to do it, Lonzo, by ball possession A, keep the clock on your side, and B, make sure they never let Mitchell Trubisky get comfortable. Make them play your game. Uh, first of all, compliments to Ben McAdoo for growing the beard because now, I obviously you heard me call you man versus food, so you didn't want that mustache, which really, you know, I mean, the beard is working really well. You need to keep that so I don't get you confused with the other guy. The other thing is you don't need to get confused, Ben McAdoo, with, with a, a throwing offense. This is a running offense, as we saw last week. And let's see how patient the Panthers are. How patient is McAdoo? How, how patient is Steve Wilkes with the running game? Because they're probably not going to run as good as they did last week. They could, but they're probably not, at least early on. Will they stick with it? or will, and, and will they panic if it doesn't work right away? You got, you got three guys, four if you count Darnold, who run the ball really well. And I think you got to get out there and do exactly the same game plan that was last week. I know there are little minor things you can do, but for the most part, run the ball and run it up the middle, run it down, run it everywhere. Just run the ball and the Panthers should be okay. And please, Sam Darnold, if there's no one in front of you, take off, dude. Just take off. Get 10 to 15 yards. There were some times last week if he would have took off, there was no one in front of him. And a year ago, he would have been gone in in a moment. But now, I think I think the ankle was still in his mind a little bit. Hopefully, this week he gets away from that and takes advantage when that thing is open. Defensively, sixteenth uh, in the league in terms of total yards per game at three forty three point five. The Steelers twenty second, giving up over three hundred and fifty eight yards per game. We're allowing one twenty eight point eight on the ground and 214.7 through the air. That is in the top half of the league. 
They, on the other hand, 115.8, 15th best rush defense, but the 24th best passing defense, allowing 242.7 yards per game. And this is where I really think, at least for me, Lonzo, we are going to get a very sincere look on whether or not uh, Steve Wilkes really gets this team because this is, if there ever was a time that I thought Steve Wilkes might try to think, okay, now's the time to change up the game plan. Now's the time to crack open this defense. Now's the time to see what we can do. It would be against the 24th best passing defense in uh, in football. But I think you make them that by forcing them to step up and play Foreman and Hubbard and Blackshear. I don't want to see that change no matter what. Third downs. This is a problem for us. We are not great on the third down offensively. They are the 13th best team in the league in terms of first down surrendering less than 38 and a half percent of the third down plays that their defense face Uh, in terms of takeaways, 14 season takeaways for Carolina, 17 for Pittsburgh. So about a game, maybe two games worth of difference there. We are allowing 22.3 points per game, 13th best in the league. They are allowing 22.5 points per game, which is one spot behind us at 14th best overall in this football game. Uh, Carolina is playing good football now. I, I, I think even the haterist haters would have to say that. That being said, I would also say that this is kind of a toss-up game to me, right? Like, I think that if you were asking me the question in this spot, who do you trust more? Do you trust Mitchell Trubisky more or do you trust Sam Darnold more? The honest answer would have to be, I frankly do not know, right? Like, I don't know which one of those guys I would trust more. I do think it is fair to say that Sam Darnold came in and had himself a pretty good showing when he got another opportunity. Uh, I would say that defensively, this is a very good Pittsburgh Steelers team and one that probably deserves a couple of wins that they haven't got. But I would say the same thing is true about Carolina, right? Uh, We are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. You get three for being at home. That means Vegas believes that this is a toss-up game, and they threw the hook in there just to kind of keep it interesting so there had to be a winner. So I've gone back and forth. I looked at this different ways. The Panthers are playing inspired football under Steve Wilkes. Pittsburgh has probably as much talent defensively, but a much better organized team. That's just because they've been a cohesive unit for much longer than we have been. Uh, That being said, I'm leading cats at the house. I'm going 23, 21 Carolina sneaks out of there with the win and with the Cincinnati loss or excuse me, a Cincinnati win over Tampa Bay. The cats are going to go to sleep Sunday night tied up with the Bucks for the lead in the NFC South. All right. I'm with you as far as this could be a toss-up. I mean, you flip a coin, it could be either one. But I'm going to go with the running game that I think is better, and that would be the Carolina Panthers. And I think the Panthers win uh, 24-21. I think it's going to be a close game. 
but I think the running game is is what what seals it for the Panthers. Run the god dang football, as the great Richard Sherman once said, and I have repeated many, 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 many times. We'll be back on Monday with a full breakdown of this game as well as to celebrate our lead of the NFC South. That'll be on Monday's pod, Lonzo. Before we get out of here, any final words for the people? Remember, it's for Christmas. Show up, bring a friend, give the Panthers a Christmas gift by being in the crowd and being loud and not giving Pittsburgh your seats. That's it. Do not let them turn this into a Pittsburgh home game, Carolina fans. We will be watching, and we will say some very impolite things about you on Monday if you do. Y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll be back on Monday to break this whole thing down once more. He is the great one, Lonzo Wright. So my name is Rob Brown. Make sure you check out the Rob Brown Show 9 to noon weekdays Eastern Standard Time by subscribing to the Rob Brown Show on YouTube or Twitch or checking us out on Facebook.com slash the fan upstate. And we will see you on Monday. Until then, keep pounding, baby.